Broadcasting by the sea in sunny San Diego, this is the Ascended Masters at Work show, where we lift the veil of mysticism and reveal ancient secrets brought to earth by the world's greatest spiritual teachers. Here we share real-life stories that change lives and widen our eyes. And now, here is your host and spiritual life coach, Reverend Shirlene Reeves. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. I am really glad to be back with you again today. And you wouldn't believe this gorgeous view I'm sitting and looking at. Many of you don't know, but I am spending a much warmer lifestyle down in my Mexican home in San Felipe, and I look right out on the ocean. So as I'm talking to you, I can see the small waves lapping in and out. And we never get any weather here because we are on the east side of Baja. And it's strangely enough, for those who live in California, we're used to seeing the sun come up over the mountains and setting over the water. But here it rises over the water and sets over the sun, over the mountains. So it's entirely different. And the water turns these amazing colors, like this rich, rich blue, which I'm sure many of you have seen. But have you seen turquoise? And have you seen purple? It's really, really amazing. And it's a special eco area for our little vaquita. And the reason I'm telling you about this is because the people in this town, we have uh, over 10,000 expatriates who live in San Felipe. And I'll tell you, when I come down here, I just have a blast. I listen to live bands. I go to Taco Tuesdays. I get to dance. I go listen to movies or watch movies. But this whole little fishing village is very conscientious about giving back. And I started to tell you about the little vaquita and I want to tell you a little bit more. They're almost extinct and many people have never even heard of them. And they're like a little tiny dolphin. They're about half the size of a dolphin and they have one black ring around one eye. And you know, they're so shy and they're just the sweetest little dolphins. And Sometimes when you're standing in the water, you can feel them come up and nudge on the back of your calf, but they disappear so fast because they're so shy that you don't often get a chance to see them. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because everybody here is conscientious about the little vaquita, and they've even stopped the fishermen from using their nets because they were trapping the vaquita in the nets and wiping more and more of them out. Well, now the gentleman that I have on the call with me today on the show, I should say, he is all about charity. And I listened to what he had to say with his charity. And I've had a dream for the last 10 years of bringing something special to the school system in San Felipe. And, you know, all you have to do is sit down for dinner and you instantly get volunteers for whatever it is that you would like to bring into the village. Now, the gentleman I'm talking to you about, he has, in just the last 18 years, he's helped more than 1,500 CEOs in 33 different countries. Get that. And he was born in Barcelona, so guess what? That solves my Spanish-speaking problem because they will <laughs> ask me, do you speak Spanish? Can you teach this? And I said, oh, no, no. I'm bringing this gentleman who has lived in eight different countries and speaks five languages fluently so that he can teach in Spanish. And he's now based in Texas with his family. So he's going to make the effort to come to San Felipe and provide CEO training for all different levels in the school system. And what he doesn't know yet is that I'm going to support him in teaching the adults. So I'm very, very excited to have him on the show because 
he is a part of the Evolutionary Business Council, the EBC, and I've talked about them before and how powerful they are. And what I love about the EBC is we don't sell each other. We collaborate together to make each other's missions materialize. And that's what Angel Rebo and I are doing together here in San Felipe. He has launched a foundation called Wisdom for Kids. And he's helped hundreds of underprivileged kids in Latin America become entrepreneurs using their own local resources. Pretty cool, right? So I'm excited about bringing him here so that he can support the kids in San Felipe. And guess what they're asking me? These volunteers here that are expatriates. And I don't know if I said there's about 10,000 of them here so we can elicit volunteers from everywhere we look. And here's what they asked me. Would he be willing to go to other cities? So, Angel, I'm going to let you answer that. <laughs> Angel Rebo, and he is here to talk to us about how we can support underprivileged kids Thank and you. teach Delaney. them oh, to have their own businesses. So, welcome, Angel. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, and the answer to your question is obviously yes. <laughs> I would be willing to go. I would be willing to go to as many cities as possible. You know, there's a big, big coincidence here also because I was uh, blessed, you know, with living in Mexico for almost 10 years. And I actually, the last place I lived in Mexico was Puerto Vallarta, who is a, which is a city which is a little bit more south, in the same, you know, uh, Sea of Cortez. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, uh, so absolutely, uh, for me, it's a blessing that, you know, your volunteers are asking you if we could go to some other countries or excuse me, to some other cities or villages. The answer yes. is definitely yes. The oh, more good. we can impact the lives of those kids in need, the better. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I'm excited because I'm going to get to go work in other cities with you. That'll be awesome. Absolutely. And I'm really getting better with my Spanish. But you there know you what? They run it together so fast. I can't get, you know, I can pick up a word now and again and kind of get the idea. But it's a lot of work to learn their Mexican Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when you're when you have behind, uh, you know, your, your passion, your mission, uh, and you know that you are impacting, you know, with, with a kid, you're impacting immediately their family, you're impacting their relatives, and then you're starting to impact also the villages mm-hmm. and the entire regions. So there's re- definitely a ripple effect. We see that all, all the time. And the community leaders, when we are there and we're teaching the kids uh, entrepreneurship, they're saying, hey, you know what? these kids would have never in their entire lives, unless they went, you know, to college, they would have never received this kind of experience or knowledge. Mm -hmm. Never, ever. So they are so, so thankful and grateful for us. So, I mean, although, I mean, 10,000, 10,000 expatriates willing to help, (laughs) only if it's a minority, minority of them, Uh it's going to be incredible. The the thousands, literally, I, I see that already, Shirlene. Well, this is going to be fun, Angel. <laughs> this is going to be fun because you know uh, we're big into to dirt race, dirt bike, not dirt bike racing, but dune ba- buggy type racing, like the Baja 250 yeah. and the Baja 500. Yeah. Yeah. And right yeah. away yeah. they handed me their new shirt and said, "We're your volunteers. Wear this shirt on Friday, and then we're going to wear the shirts when we go to work with you with the kids." Awesome. Because <laughs> it's a team of people that race these cars and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right away they stepped in but I want to tell you something interesting and my listeners as well about how important this is here in San Felipe and why okay Um, in this area uh, Mexico does not pay their teachers Mm -hmm. I don't think in any area in Mexico do they get paid but I don't know that for sure but Mm -hmm. I do know here so there are times when the teachers just aren't even there to teach. They'll be gone for three days and and that hurts the students. And so, you know, I'm gonna look for, I also wanna look for somebody who's gonna fill in on those days that those teachers don't wanna be there. And it's pretty hard to work when they don't have, when they're just volunteering. Think about it, they're only volunteering. Yeah. That's it. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there may be something, Angel, that we could think about that we could follow up with Absolutely. for when those teachers are out of the classroom. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that we, we have, you know, it took to us um, two years to the founders, uh, the other two founders and myself, to come up, let's say, with, with, a, with a workshop that was really impactful. So we decided there were even two two PhD students that were doing their final project on on on, on this on how to how to better reach out and impact the lives and inspire the lives of kids in need. So I I definitely think that you know this can be just one first step to extrapolate that to the normal school system, not only for entrepreneurs and for kids which might be underprivileged, but for everybody. We definitely, mm-hmm. because you already have those expatriates, you already have the people that have the passion and the willingness to do this. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. And you know what? We have, we have not uh, thoroughly you know, spoken about this, but you mentioned fun many times. So the workshops are, if, if, if there are something, they are fun. We jump, we sing, we work out, <laughs> we dance. I mean, we do all sorts of, you know, weird stuff, uh, you know, at the eyes of the adults, right, of the adults. But for the kids, they have so much fun. They will always remember who we are, <laughs> always, mm-hmm. all the time. So that's the kind of effect we're going to we're gonna have in the in, in your community, in the community of, of San Felipe and other areas that, you know, you and your volunteers can connect us with, definitely. Mm-hmm. So um, for the benefit of our listeners, you and I know what we're talking about. But they don't know what this program is. And later I'm going to ask how it is that listeners can help you. So would you explain how this program works? Absolutely. So uh, we have basically three stages. The number one goal of our nonprofit, of our foundation, is to be able to reach in the next three years 810,000 kids. Okay, so 810,000 kids. And so the first stage that we, we, we are uh, massively working on right now is to be able to reach to as many kids as possible. With this, it, it's a two hour workshop, which is the starting point of our entrepreneurial career, two hour workshop. And we, again, we want to reach out to you know, 810,000 kids in, in, in Latin America. Why 810,000? Because there's 81 millions, million kids in need in Latin America. But that's just not step number one. Step number two is to involve the entire family. So we basically, we reinforce the same kind of strategies and tactics that we discuss during those two hours of the first uh, workshop. We discuss them with the, with the parents and typically there's other siblings present. So it's really a family thing. So we make sure that the family not only understands what the kids have been through, but also, you know, buys into that wonderful, you know, uh, adventure that we are suggesting this kid to have, which is become entrepreneur. And number three is our volunteers. We really have all sorts of volunteers that come from many different uh, avenues, but they all have something in common. They have passion to make a difference in the world and they really want to help kids. They really want to help kids. So the number three stage, it takes almost a year to do this and it's to mentor, like individually one-on-one mentor those kids from zero, literally from where they are after having uh, attending the first uh, workshop and then the second workshop with the, with the parents to become entrepreneurs. So we go, they go from zero to having their own business and we mentor and coach them. The volunteers mentor and coach the kids to have their own business. So this mm. is basically how, how we do it. And so how do you teach the mentors, Angel? How do the mentors know what to do to support the kids? We have a manual, okay? So we have a manual and we also have a lot of online training uh, that, you know, I do and the other founders do in which we make sure that they understand what are the values, uh, what are the principles, what is the passion, what is the enthusiasm that we're trying to transfer. And we do that basically, yeah, we do that mostly online, mostly using webinars. And, but we also do that, you know, face to face. So for instance, we were talking about San Felipe. So it mm-hmm. will probably make a lot of sense, you know, to be there, to go there and to start, you know, delivering 
delivering those uh, trainings to the expatriates that are interested to be volunteers with us right there. And it's I fun. think that would Again, be an excellent fun. idea. <laughs> that fun. would be an excellent idea to actually go and personally train those on those volunteers because you know most of the volunteers in this area are in their 50s, 60s and 70s and they're not going to uh -huh. spend a lot of time on the computer. Nice. Okay. So and I, I think that's what we're going to find in a lot of these little rural areas. Uh-huh. So um, I think the more that you are present with them so that they can see that this is something real, the mm -hmm. better off it's going to be. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. And they will have fun. I mean, you mentioned many activities that you do when you go there. Uh -huh. <laughs> I was you, you really you really you were, I was already like imagining what is like being in San Felipe right now. Uh -huh. This is this is going to be fun. So this yes. is going to I mean, people are going to talk about it. People are going to oh, say, yeah. oh, my God, I really want to do this. And where uh -huh. is the next village? What is yes. the next place? Where is the next community? Let's do that massively. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what they are going to do. That's exactly what they're already talking about because they have friends in other cities. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. they'll reach out to the other cities and connect us from one city to the next. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. can already see that happening just by the questions. And also, um, <clears throat> I want to just uh, discuss with them uh, how to get people into a rural city if mm -hmm. if they're interested in doing that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've had some I've had influence down here for about eight years. And mm -hmm. so I just sat down with people and said, what do you think about this? Or who would I contact to accomplish this goal? Mm -hmm. And of course, everybody wants to have some sort of input. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm noticing. And then I happened to sit at dinner uh, at two at Taco Tuesday, and I happened to sit right across the from the editor for the newspaper who decided she was going to put in an announcement all about this. And in fact, I think Angel's working on that article. Uh -huh, and, exactly. <laughs> uh, she is going to follow the progress of what we're doing in her paper. So that will let other people know about what's going on also. And I told them I would be talking about it on the radio show. So they'll be very excited about that. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's so exciting. You, you know, you have to, if you want to bring something like this to an area to help the kids in a small area, then just start asking around at who's willing to support it. And mm -hmm. you'll be surprised at who will step up because mm -hmm. most of them, um, don't have a whole lot to do here other than mm -hmm. play. <laughs> yeah, which is good. I mean, we, uh -huh. we, we love playing. We love having fun. We love having, yes. being in motion to have fun, which is great. Right. And they'll probably be there with the kids having fun too, because nice. mm -hmm. these people are all about having fun and they're not <laughs> stressed like they are in, uh, in the States. It's a very different feel. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I know what I you're talking about. Have three levels of this angel so yes. uh, talk mm -hmm. about your levels yes so level number one again it's when we start talking to a when we deliver a workshop to a kid in need typically that's done in groups we have three different age groups seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen so those are the three different uh age groups so step number one we inspire those kids. We do. We have a lot of fun. We do a lot of very experiential and 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 beautiful things with their minds and with their spirits and obviously with their bodies. And that's the stage number one. At that stage, we identify that there are certain kids, which which are really like following through more, which understand it more, which are which are more excited about it. And then we, when we identify those kids, typically between ten and twenty percent of the of the group then we say, OK, so we would love you know, to follow up with your parents. We would like to sit down with your parents and we would like to tell them what we did today. And uh, you know, we would like to spend some time with them. Typically, it doesn't take two hours, uh, but sometimes it takes much more time, which is great, which means that the parents really, really, really want to do it, really want to help their kids to become entrepreneurs, really want to teach their or show their kids that there's some, you know, that there are other ways in life uh, to be, you know, to be productive and to share value with other people. And then 
when we have done that, then we ask them, you know, would you like us to help you, to mentor you, to coach you, family and kid for a year so that from where you are today, we'll go with you step by step, showing you which, which, which is that or what is that you have to do to become an entrepreneur and to actually have your own business, your own business. So that, that takes a year. So and our volunteers make sure that they not only monitor all this, you know, uh, process, but also support. And I have to say that sometimes, I mean, not everybody knows everything, not all the volunteers know everything, but what's happening today is that the volunteers, they start reaching out to these local authorities and you know, as exactly the same way you described it, uh, Charlene. So they start asking questions, say, hey, what, where would you go? You know, and then they start grouping. Sometimes there are several kids and several families that they want to do something and we go together with them to reach out to the authorities and they are excited because those authorities, they never got that question before. Believe it or not, Charlene, <laughs> so it's a, yes. it's a, it's a, you know, it's a local development activity that, that we are, we are at the end of the day are carrying out in that particular place. It's amazing what's going on. It's, it's, it's really amazing. And I mean, you, you are all about mindfulness, uh, Charlene and your, your, you know, your program is incredible. You, you understand very well that, you know, yeah. when, when the uni universe, well, the universe likes expansion or likes motion. Once things start being in motion, you know, once you and I, once your, once your volunteers, once all those actors in San Felipe and other areas in Latin America start being active and in motion, things start to happen. Things start to happen. And that's so powerful. I mean, I have goosebumps now. And I have goosebumps. <laughs> no, really. I had, I had goosebumps now uh, before when you were explaining that. Uh, huh. it's, really, it's really that beautiful and that, and that intense and that powerful, really. And I agree with you, Angel. Um, you know, for eight years, ever since I got down here, I've wanted to do something with the kids because it's so painful to watch them try to sell little trinkets on the street. And I know they have so much more potential if they're shown the way, but they aren't given that opportunity. And I think that it could even be taken a step further and they could learn to run a business on the internet, just like I'm doing today. Because there's, they could be a CEO with an internet company and do really, really well. So, uh, and they wouldn't even have to leave their town. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely, I agree. Yes. And you know, if we were able to also share with them uh, you know, what the game of influence is about. Can you imagine? Can yes. you imagine kids building and playing the game of influence from San Felipe? Oh my God. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yes, wow. exactly. <laughs> so I want to ask you a question. You know, I know Thank you, you. Work with, you've worked with CEOs all over mm -hmm. the world and um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. tell people what it is you actually do to support CEOs. And one of the things I love is that uh, you work with the culture. Of exactly. Work, correct? Exactly, exactly. So basically both, I have two distinct audiences uh, or, or groups of clients. Number one is the entrepreneurs, established entrepreneurs. Number two is the corporate CEOs. Both, to both of them, what I do is, or they hire me, they hire me to bridge the gap for global expansion and exposure. Because they tend to work very much, and we you know with a lot of effort, in the, on their backyards, in their local market. But they tend to forget that they have already developed assets. They have assets in their ventures, in their companies that they could be using to add value to people abroad, to people in other areas. So that, and you know, going to other areas, to other countries to run your business, you know, it has a science and it has several secrets. And that's kind of, that's kind of using one of your terms, the terms of your show, that's my mastery, if I may dare to say that, Shirley. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, I love that you said that. That's awesome. Um, you know, and that's part of the reason why the show is named what it is. It doesn't mean that the Ascended Masters are on this show. It means that the Ascended Masters and the universe are all around us, guiding us in the direction that we need to go. And to use a caveat for what Angel's talking about, you know, I had no intentions of moving to Mexico. I was perfectly fine in San Diego, but I got 
consistent messages telling me I needed to come to Mexico and now I know why. And it was all because of the connection that I made with Angel who wants to bring the program to this area. So it's all about the messages and the guidance that we receive in the universe. Does that make sense to you, Angel? Oh, oh my God, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> this, is ex this is exactly it. I mean, I have to say, obviously, that you are very generous with your comments. But exactly. I mean, the timing could not be perfect. I mean, we sometimes, and that's something that I learned with the CEO, sometimes we try to rush things. Mm -hmm. You know, we try to, like, make things happen, putting a lot of resistance to the normal path and rhythm of the things that are happening in the universe. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I have found since I became an entrepreneur two years ago, I have found that actually everything has its own pace. And when I help CEOs, I find that all the time. So definitely there was a time, there was a time it was meant for us to meet and to find this, you know, common place in the universe and in our hearts, in our souls to do that together. And that's magic. I, I absolutely agree with what you said, certainly. Mm -hmm. And everybody I bring on this show has that kind of experience. They're guided, they're open, they're grounded, and they know exactly what they're here on earth to do. And that's what I appreciate about them. Yeah. I don't I don't let anybody come on without talking to them first and mm -hmm. knowing where they stand in their development, in their personal mm -hmm. development. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I want to I have a burning question I want to ask you and I want to know how you blended this CEO program into the world of underprivileged kids. What what is it they have in common? Mm -hmm. and that, that's a very interesting question. And again, I will have to say that the universe showed me the way. So when I when I became an entrepreneur because I wanted to spend much more time with my family and I wanted to act upon my life purpose, which is helping underprivileged kids, you know, in Latin America, you know, I. On a very natural way, I had worked with so many CEOs that I started, you know, I started asking them, what is that you need? What is the kind of value that I can humbly add to your life and to your company? And I asked, asked the question, you know, uh, what's your number one challenge? What do you think is the in the place of in your heart, in your life or in your business that you need the most help with? And I started asking a few questions. So I realized that many of those questions that they were asking, answering to me, were actually the same questions that on a very dif different level, the kids would need to have answered in their minds when they were going to start their businesses. I'm talking about the underprivileged kids. So suddenly I said, okay, so, hey, you, you CEO that you're already my client, we know each other pretty well. What do you think if you told me, you know, you, we, we recorded on a video who you are, where you come from, what's your business about, how did you become a CEO and what has been your journey? And you know what I discovered, Sherlyn, you're not going to believe it. Most of the CEOs, they had a very difficult, hard beginning in their lives. Mm -hmm. I remember I remember a CEO that he actually comes from India. He's lived in the U.S. for, for many years already, for more than 15 years. And he, I mean, he runs a business of several thousands of, of employees and his revenues are just hundreds of, of dollars, excuse me, hundreds of millions of dollars. And he started talking about that particular place in India where he was born and that area and that village and how poor and how difficult his start was and how he managed to eventually get into a college being supported by so many organizations and eventually he made it, you know, to college and he graduated and eventually he could, you know, uh, make it to an internship that was going to offer him the possibility to go abroad to the US. That story, that story would so much resonate with my kids in need. So I systematically started to reach out to my CEOs and ask them, would you like to do that? Would you like to do that? Would you like to do that? <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly I had four, five, six different videos of different CEOs that mm -hmm. wanted to help the, the underprivileged kids. and. You know, it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, tell me something. Um, when you are working with a CEO to take them international, what uh -huh. does that look like? Yeah. So initially, so there's three things, there's three pillars 
in which I base my strategy on. And you mentioned that before. Number one, I make sure that they understand that whatever they want to go, the culture is going to be different and they have to identify those differences. Number two, num yeah, number two, if they want to go somewhere, they have to find local partners. I, I definitely recommend them to go anywhere in the world, but finding local partners that they can do, they can make this journey together. Mm -hmm. And number three, there's those, you know, those cultural differences eventually translate onto different businesses, business drivers. So the way to do business, to run business, to conduct business in a different country is with a different culture is different. So things that work in the U.S., for instance, do not do not necessarily work in the world of business in another area. So those are the three the three pillars. So when I start working with the CEO, I sit down with them and I ask them, OK, so what are your assets today? And where do you think, you know, from your I mean, what is really what do you think is the area in which you would like to go and why? And then we analyze that and we analyze if their assets, it can be info products, it can be a particular uh, uh, practice, it can be, uh, you know, physical products, it can be, you know, high tech products, I've had, I've had you know, healthcare products. So mm -hmm. if you if you wanted to go to that particular area, why would you do that? Okay, so I will do that. And then I, I help them understand what's the culture, I help them understand what's the size of the business of that particular industry that they want to go into in that particular area. So we start discussing already very specific things about that particular market and how I can help them based on those three pillars to start working on a strategy to internationalize their, their, their business and not leaving money on the table anymore, because this is exactly what they are doing, mm. leaving cash on the table. Mm, good point. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. And we will be right back. And I have a really good question to ask Angel about <laughs> what we're discussing. See you in a moment. Thank you. Attention professional authors, coaches, and small business owners. What if you could increase your sales authentically without scripts or the pain of rejection? If you are a realtor, you can make more sales without the fear of being salesy. If you are an entrepreneur, you can eliminate the fear of feeling pushy, get more referrals, and add more money to your bank account with less effort. Welcome to Compel Don't Sell, the art of selling with heart. The next generation in relationship sales brought to you by Maximize Your Wealth Now. The reason that I took this course is because I needed to know how to market and sell in a way that doesn't make me feel bad. Compel Don't Sell totally comes from the heart and connects with people in a way that fits my style and how I would like to approach people. And it gave me the benefit of refining what I think and say about my business in a way that's professional, but still very warm and nurturing. I invested in Sherlene's uh, Compelled to Sell sales training program. And I just knew immediately that she was the person that I wanted to work with. The reason I took this course is because I felt like there were a lot of new things that Sherlene had to offer that I had not experienced before. That's why I took the class because I wanted to sort of up-level my sales skills. And thank you, Sherlene, for this amazing class. If you want to learn how to perfect your sales performance, build your bank account, and connect with more of your favorite clients, enter your contact information, and we'll show you how to use heartfelt sales to connect with more of the right prospects and significantly increase your income. Go to MaximizeYourWealthNow.com. And welcome back, everybody. We are talking with Angel Rebo, and this is Charlene Reeves, your host. And, you know, we are having such an awesome conversation about and for CEOs. So if you own your own business, you are a perfect fit for this program today. 
and probably most of the days because we talk about business, finance, sales, and different ways to enhance your world. So if you'd like to call in and ask a question, I'd love it if you would do that. You could call in at 888-627-6008 and ask Angel a question. So I have a question for you, Angel. Are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> All right. So we were talking about how you work with CEOs. And one of the things that you said is, to, and I think this is a really important point, is that if you want to work in a different country, you have to find local partners. How do we do that? Exactly. So uh, on those 33 countries that I've been working on, I really know, you know, not one, but many people, both, you know, uh, in the business, on a business level and on a personal level. So, you know, the first thing I would say is I personally use all my network, uh, personal and business to help those companies find a partner. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's throughout my career, I've been working a lot with uh, really with many different industries. So any sort of manufacturing or services providing company might have been of, of you know, might have been a client of mine. I mean, when I'm talking about industries. So that means that I have the ability to go to that country and start, you know, screening areas, regions, and different, you know, bodies and organizations of business people that I have already been in contact before. So it's not cold relationships, it's already warm relationships. I can go there and I can start screening companies, local companies that can be the perfect partner for, in this case, my client in the US. And typically this requires, you know, requires a little bit of trust, right? Because we're talking about a company that is not known at all in that country. And we're also talking about a company in the, you know, in the destination country that you know does not know anything about the you know my client so what i do and that's something that differentiates me from a lot of other people i do most of those things face to face so since day one i meet face to face with my ceos regardless of where they are in the country from day one i tell them hey within a month we should be on that particular market we should be on that particular country or area and we are going to go together and i will already have you know, an agenda for us so that you will be able to know exactly what is doing business in that market like. And every country is different. Businessmen, mm -hmm. CEOs tend to do business in a different way, in different places. They tend to gather in different uh, organizations. You know, to give you an example, Rotary can be a good example in some countries. And in some countries, they are extremely, uh, you know, active and it's a good way to network with, with local corporations. But in, in other countries, it's not as active, and and we we use you know business small business organizations or associations, for instance. Uh, mm. There's industrials, what they call in Latin America. There's a lot of what they call you know industrials clubs, which is you know clubs in which owners, founders, and CEOs meet to you know to partner up and to to dis, to discuss about you know business strategies. So I would say if you told me of the three pillars, this is the number one. I would yes, that's what I thought. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I never recommend anybody to go to a country if they're not willing to trust, willing to trust someone locally, you know, and trust means going there, shaking their hands, you know, spending time with them, with their, with, even with their families. Mm -hmm. Really? I mean, mm -hmm. again, uh, you mentioned before we are part of the Evolutionary Business Council. Um, face to face, you know, people to people, shaking hands, getting to know the families, getting to know, because I mean, at the end of the day, a CEO has a family. A CEO is not only a business, is a family around him. You know, so again, uh, I've been always extremely sensitive about developing very strong personal relationships in the world of business to have success, to develop that trust. And that trust is paramount to make sure that this internationalization, this bridging the gap for international exposure and expansion is successful. You know, I talk about building this trust in my new book that's coming out called Selling Through Your Heart. And um, 
you know, trust is so big when it comes to building any relationships. And, you know, your word is your integrity. That's the that's what is so important. And, you know, particularly here in San Felipe, it's such a small community and they all know each other. And if you or I should say, if I caused a problem with one person, it won't be long before everybody knows about it. (laughs) And so if you don't, I could see where if you didn't know the culture, you could get into a lot of trouble very quickly, unintentionally, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you that you have uh, or you you, you can leave that. I'm, I'm glad that you can you know that you can experience that you know, easily if you don't do the right things. That's why, you know, I'm sure you're going to talk about this on your on your book or you're talking about this in your book already. But, you know, that's that's where integrity, where respect, where kindness, where mm-hmm. humility, where humility, where gratitude, where acceptance, all those all those things are, you know, crucial to work internationally. All of those things. Right. And so when you are thinking about reaching out internationally, I think that's why it's so important to know, because you might say something wrong by mistake or use a hand gesture you shouldn't have used. Or I know when I went to Nepal, you could never eat with your left hand or uh, (laughs) it was kind of interesting, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm, the rules. mm -hmm. And they gave us a rundown of the rules before we got there really, really fast. But those mm-hmm. rules are so expensive. Uh, what's the word I want? They're they're paramount to mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. actually making a difference in your own business. Oh so, yes. Um, you know the other thing I wanted to ask you is, and this is kind of in a burning question, but when we want to work in other countries, what do we do when we don't speak the language? I mean, mm-hmm. you could come and be there, but then you're going to leave. We're not going to always have you there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? How do yes. you deal with that? And then I'm going to take a question from David, who's in Alberta. So if you'd answer that, we'll bring David on. Okay. So, yes, um, that's, a, that's a very common question. That's why, again, the, the, the local partner is so important. I've been in a lot of meetings in which the local partner to, or let better said, my client, let's say, you know, an American client only speaking in English is able to have a business conversation with someone local that doesn't speak English through that local partner. Mm-hmm. And they can, you know, they can, they have come into terms, they have been able to have, have an agreement and shake hands and close a business and close a deal. So mm-hmm. again, it really depends on your attitude. What's your attitude? My CEOs, mm-hmm. when they get to those meetings, they already know what those cultural differences are and what are those business practices practices that are going to make them successful in that meeting. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the most and important what if thing. They're, yeah. What if they're speakers and they want to get on stages? Mm-hmm. Yeah, then uh, we have to come into an agreement with the audience, obviously, with, with whoever is organizing the event. If, if the... If, if the organizer of the event is willing, you know, to have a translator, you have to, you know, a, a system in place uh, that is able to, you know, at the same time, a simultaneous translation of what the speaker is saying, you know, then we do it. It's a matter of, I mean, again, you know, most of these, at least in Latin America, obviously, we're talking about systems which are very, very cheap compared to what, you know, what, what we have to pay here in the U.S. But um, again, if the message is strong enough, we are talking about the speaker, which with, which has a message, and the local organizers, the guys that are really want to get this message across, really want that to happen, really want their audience to listen to that message, they would put that system in place, and that would happen. That mm-hmm. will indeed happen. Awesome. Okay, I'm going to talk oh, yeah. to you later, but I want to get David on the line here. He's been patiently waiting. Let's see okay. what David has to ask. Hi, David. Welcome. Hi. Can you hear me okay? We hear you perfectly. Oh, wonderful. Thanks for having me. Um, sure. I'm, only, I'm only getting in right now, so I haven't heard all the questions that have been asked. And I, I didn't want to ask a question that's already been a- asked. Why don't you give it a go? 
<laughs> well, I'm curious if, of right now, I'm living in, in Alberta, Canada, and I've just traveled abroad to the States, and it's been wonderful, and I've met two or three people that are interested in doing some work with me. And I'm just struggling to, to, to get an idea of how do I bridge this gap. I'm so used to one-on-ones and meeting people face-to-face and reading their body language and, you know, recognizing whether they're paying attention, whether they're distracted, are they on the phone, this, that. But now that I'm possibly shifting to remote access and having to deal with people only on the phone, I'm really nervous about how to do that and wondering what advice, Angel, you could lend to helping me do that better. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, David. So, well, that's obviously a very, very interesting question. Many of my entrepreneurial clients, they have practices, they have coaching practices, and they're willing to uh, expand their practices to other countries. In this case, language, you know, as you said, language itself is not is not a problem. The issue is how do you make yourself comfortable uh, with the with the language that you don't see, let's say, with the body language. So there's two ways I deal with that. Uh, when you want to do that uh, from the distance, um, you have to start developing a different way of, if it's a coaching practice that you have, uh, David, uh, or if it's a teaching practice, you would have to put that in the forefront of your strategy. You would have to say, I'm very, very humble, I'm very open and saying, hey, I'm, I, I'm, I'm being already very successful locally. I want to do that internationally. And I want to make sure that my message gets across. So number one, be humble, position yourself in a, in a, in a way that, you know, whatever it is that you're not saying or, the, or you're not seeing, excuse me, you know, it can be solved through this, you know, hum, in the, this humility that you're putting for in, the, in, in, in the conversation. And number two, there's clients, again, I, I'm just assuming that you, you know, you have a, a, a practice, which is a, which is a service that you are providing. Um, I would definitely like to, or to, to suggest to you that you have to make at least one face-to-face contact with that person. You mentioned, you mentioned that you come to the U.S. often. I would definitely use all those opportunities that you have when you come to the U.S. for, for events or for clients. I would definitely, you know, in, uh, focus my, uh, my lead generation efforts for your clients, for your company in the areas in which you're already going and make, you know, make all the efforts that you can to meet with these people face to face at least one time, at least one time, because something that I have also discovered is we physically are very powerful, are very powerful. So if you are able to to show your client how powerful you are face to face at least one time, that's something that I would definitely do it. So summarizing, Make sure you say that you know, you know, ahead of time. That's something that it concerns you, so your client, your potential client, is aware of it. Number two, you know, uh, try to try to generate business in the places that you are already going for other reasons. And number three, make the most of your of that first face-to-face, uh, um, you know, encounter uh, with with that particular person. Does it make sense, mm. David? Well, you know, it's it's very helpful. Um, if if it works, I'd ask one more question that is a is a would just add to that. Do we have time for that? Yeah, we we do have time. I just want to say one other thing, David, if I may add a caveat here. Um, I have people all over the U.S. that attend my courses, and I do them on Zoom. I meet a lot of people on Zoom, or if I want to meet someone and I've already met them face to face, I'll say, "Hey, let's have tea on Zoom," and then we talk on Zoom for the next, the next. That way, you can see whether they're paying attention. If they, you know, you can watch their body language. Mm, that's great, and I heard that Zoom, you, you, it's already recorded too, so I can listen to it afterwards. Yes, it's not already recorded. You have to record it. So, oh, you do. Uh, okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. It doesn't. Okay. Well, my my second you had question, another question, if you will. Yeah. What what I was thinking about is so just in in my experience and with my last two clients, um, one of them has a fairly substantial uh, level of income. I didn't know that when we started, 
and I've charged him much less than I could have. And another person, once again, I, I didn't know what kind of income they were doing, and I, I'm charging them much more than they can afford. Um, is there a, a good strategy that you have in, in how you ascertain what the fee should be for people? And the only reason I ask that is I, I find that um, if the person isn't paying enough money for them to care, they just don't do the work. So mm -hmm. that number has to be a decent proportion. But how do I find out what that proportion is? I, I think um, the, the, the easy answer is it really it's proportionate to the value that you provide them with. Right. So uh, I think that you have to be extremely consistent and solid with your with your sales strategy and with your marketing strategy. I wouldn't change, you know, what I what I charge. Uh, what I do, though, so, I, you know, I, I decide on what is my fee, depending on basically what's the value I provide. You know, what's the, what's the, what's the value, I real, real value for the real business or the real lives of the people, of the CEOs I'm helping. Uh, and again, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's the same for every single CEO. Besides that, you know, if there's someone that needs my help, you know, I have a small, very, very small group of uh, CEOs that, you know, for some reason, they got them to a very, very difficult time in their lives, you know, for any reason. Uh, uh, and, you know, sometimes, and I think that we all have done, uh, you know, at some moment in our lives, you know, I help them genuinely and I do it pro bono and I do it pro bono because, you know, I really, I mean, I'm, I'm a human being. So sometimes I have to do that and I do it, you know, just because my heart tells me to do that. But, you know, again, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't decide on what my fees are depending on who I am, I am helping, consulting for or coaching. It's, it depends really on on the value that you provide them with. Awesome. Thank you, Angel. Thank you for answering David's question. And Thank I would you. love to move on to Carol. She's been waiting a long time because this show's already coming to an end. I can't believe it. So, uh, Carol, are you there? Hi. Can you hear me? Hi. Welcome to the show. All I'm right. glad you're here with us. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Hello, Ang uh, Angelo. This is very interesting. I I never thought about thank what you. you're doing is going in and helping CEOs in each country. And, Charlene, I thought maybe one of the things that, of course, popped into my mind, given that my background is in helping teams, helping CEOs understand who's on their team and working to get a balance on the people they do work with. Because if you know who you are and then you know who your team is made up of in terms of the qualities that they're bringing to do the task that your company is doing, I, my question is, what do you do to get alignment in the teams? Do you have any tools? And if not, is there a room for what we've brought into Charlene's Compel class, which is the DISC? personal style profiles that help people understand themselves and each other. And you were talking mm -hmm. earlier about getting buy-in from the rest of the people in the volunteers groups and having people really love and appreciate who's on the team. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm thinking that this could be a really a great asset that you could bring in your work because it's in different languages. We can do the profile mm -hmm. in Spanish and different languages. But what are you mm -hmm. already doing, you know, to get to know Thank them? Because that's a huge part. Mm -hmm. I great, agree. Carol. Thank you for asking that. <laughs> Absolutely. Carol, thank you very much. It's a very interesting question because actually the number one challenge that the CEOs face consistently every time I run a survey is their team, their team, their team. So imagine when I'm working with CEOs internationally and obviously they have a team that goes with them internationally. The team is a question, right? There is an issue or is a concern that comes up all the time. So that, that's that's yeah. what I think. This is what I think. So I think mm -hmm. that there's a, the right energy level for the right job. That's what I think, okay? <laughs> so I think that it's a matter of knowing exactly what's the right energy level of everybody for every single position. I think that every position can be matched with a pretty accurate person at the right energy level. And every, every single person has a different energy level. So not everybody feels excited about doing a particular job. And you know, you, 
definitely, I mean, after what you said, I'm sure that you've met this thousands of times. How do you make sure that, you know, there's a match between what someone really wants and loves, loves and has passion to do and what is currently doing on a particular corporation? So the way I do that, I, I use, uh, right now I'm using a tool which is the core value index and that helps me a lot. It's a very simple test. Yeah. I run, you know, I, I use the, I use the, uh, that, that very simple test. And obviously there's a theory behind it. And I like it, I like it a lot just because, well, because it's simple and because it's, uh, it's, it's very easy to understand. And the concept of energy level or energy levels is also very easy to understand for the people from a conceptual perspective. Um, obviously yeah. there's a lot of people using the same concept uh, or the same, the same tool, but that's what I'm using today. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it, but obviously, you know, uh, uh, I still haven't helped anybody to internationalize their way of helping teams international. And that's a very interesting question, Charlene. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Carol, thank you for asking that question. It opened up a whole new uh, idea for a show. <laughs> That's right. Um, That's right. Well, I just think of I think of my own starting of my business, and I brought in my two best girlfriends because we all wanted to kind of do the same thing, but we were all one style. We were all the same style because usually styles that similar like each other and like to work together. But you know, we all wanted to be in front of the room speaking, but nobody wanted to collect the money and keep track of the participants and. You know, we had a right. need for more than just people that were enthusiastic about the business. Right. So that's, that's why, I mean, it is, you know, getting the right person in the right job, and it is about energy, life energy. So mm -hmm. um, that'll be an interesting thing. I'm sure Shirlene can share much more with you as you develop it, but she knows what I do. And and um, I, I just commend you for your work and going in. That's a huge you. undertaking. I'm, I'm blown away by Thank what you. you're Good. Thank you. Congratulations. Uh -huh. No, thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for taking the time to, to speak with me today. Absolutely. Thank you very much. So, uh, Angel, we only have just a couple of minutes left. And I wondered if you had any final thoughts to share with us, maybe a do today that they could take away and think about doing. Absolutely. So I'm going to go back to the idea of expansion. If you talk to any cosmologist, they will tell you that the universe is expanding. So when someone says that the only way for businesses and for lives to go is to expand and to grow, that's absolutely true. Absolutely true. That's why when you start moving, when you start putting motion onto your business and into your life, things start to happen. So, you know, I'm very, very blessed that I have been able to work with so many CEOs for many, so many years. But my real, real, real life purpose is to help all those kids to become entrepreneurs because it's bringing all that power, all that move motion onto the, you know, the kids, which is our future. And I definitely want them to have a much better future together with the families. So awesome. that, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Angel, I want to thank you so much for being with us today and to tell you that uh, I can't wait to update our audience on what's going on with the kids down here. And um, I, I wish you all the best and that you do thank very, you. very well. And if anybody um, needs this kind of support, I want to uh, have you text Angel at 469 412 6 335. That's 469. No, four, is that wrong? Yes, yeah, excuse me. It's 469-412-6355. I'm sorry. Okay. So no, 6355 is the end. Okay. Perfect. So if you want to become a CEO that's recognized in other countries, or if you would like to help kids in outlying indigent areas, Angel is your guy. And I'm so delighted that he was on here to share all of this with you because this is such, this is really exciting. And I can't wait to see how it all blossoms here in San Felipe, Baja, Mexico. So next week, we are going to have uh, Jim Conley on the show, who's a phenomenal business expert. And I think you'll really enjoy it. 
I'm certainly looking forward to it. And I hope that you're watching for my book, Selling Through Your Heart, empowering you to build relationships for financial freedom. So I look forward to seeing you next week. Have a wonderful week yourself. And I'll say adios. Thank you for joining us on the Ascended Masters at Work show with spiritual life coach, Reverend Shirlene Reeves. We hope you found our message enlightening in a way that will change your everyday interactions in work and play. Share the love. Pass on our web address, ascendedmastersatwork.com, and if you have a great story to share, we'd love to have you on the show. This has been a Massive Visibility Media Production. Join us next week for the Ascended Masters at Work show. And while remembering the words of the late Wayne Dyer, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. We say Namaste.